Breaking the Barrier, a Western lifestyle podcast highlighting those breaking barriers both in and out of the arena. I'm your host, Rebel Saklocha, and today I'm sitting down with Sawyer Gilbert, the 19-year-old 2021 world champion breakaway roper. Sawyer, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So first off, I'd like to offer congratulations. Um, it seems impossible to start without first talking about your recent win in Las Vegas, winning your first world championship. Tell us what that experience was like for you and what that accomplishment means. Oh, uh, you know, like I, I, I think I said it like in the interview when I first won it, it was, a, it was my dream before it was even possible. You know, I, I'd been working my whole life to win something that a couple of years ago, breakaway ropers didn't even have the chance to win. Um, and then when I finally did get, you know, when I finally made the finals or one Cheyenne was kind of the first time that I knew I was going to make the finals. It was kind of a turning point in my life where I was like, I have a future in this. I just have to keep working harder and I can, I have a chance to win it. I just got to keep doing my deal and, and keep horses underneath me and, and keep going in the direction that I'm headed because I'm headed for great things. Awesome. So the structure of the breakaway roping at the NFR is, is pretty different from the other events. Um, you still compete in 10 rounds, but those rounds took place in two days as compared to 10 days. Um, tell us about the format of the rodeo and kind of what the production is like from a logistical standpoint. The, the people that put it on did a great job putting it on. It was, you know, they, we got kind of the NFR experience, even though that we didn't get 10 days and we didn't get to be in the Thomas and Mac. But the setup was really good. Um, the calves were outstanding. And they did do a very good job. You know, they had a great sound crew. They had a light crew. They introduced us. They, they made a big deal. They played lots of music. That kind of thing was, was outstanding. The, the setup itself was very intense. We had about 12 minutes, 15 minutes in between each round. And we ran five a day. And it was a whirlwind of emotions. It was it was about as intense as you could ever make one be. It was a lot. So obviously competing at this level requires a lot of mental toughness. Um, and as you alluded to, you had 12 minutes between each round to kind of regroup and, and get yourself together. Whereas other contestants have kind of a span of 24 hours to digest that if, if things don't go their way. Um, talk about your headspace and how you stayed so mentally engaged during all, all 10 rounds. Um, I know you were the only, the only breakaway roper to catch all 10. So you had to have been pretty locked and loaded during those two days. Yeah. I think that's one of my greatest strengths is, is mental toughness and, and being able to keep my head in the right frame of mind. And, and just like you said, like if I would have had 24 hours, I think I would have been able to ride the one horse the entire time, but the intensity between me and the environment around her it caused her to get a little hot. And so I had to have another horse standing right there saddled and warmed up before it even started, because just in case something happened, you didn't have time to go and fix something or, or correct something. You just had to get on a different horse and went, go on with it. Yeah. Uh, talk about horsepower and breakaway roping and, and kind of the advancements you've seen um, in that with the sport growing so rapidly you know, horsepower is everything. It's hard. It's hard enough to win when you're riding the very best one. And if you're not riding one of the 1% out there that can do it, it's, it doesn't matter how good of a rope you are, you're not going to win much. And so that's one of the big things that I try to focus on every day and, and always try to keep improving on is to have another, and have another horse behind, behind my great one, try to replace the great one 
and and try to have a whole trailer full of outstanding horses because it's very easy it's hard to keep them working and it's very easy to lose them i mean it's something happens and they slip and they might be done for the year mm -hmm. tell us about your your two main mounts or, or the horses that you roped on at the finals um, the one that I rode was my good Hollywood mare. She's 16. Um, I rode her most of the summer until up to Cheyenne. And then uh, the other horse was my old faithful, the 16-year-old gilding, Roger. That he's, he's taken me everywhere. He was the horse I made the American on. He was the one. I, that was the horse that kind of built me, was what I always say. And uh, those two animals together, are they're a great team. They kind of, they kind of played everybody else's each other's weaknesses and strengths and stuff like that. And so the other horse that I had standing there was my brother's horse, um, big enough. I rode him at Pendleton and Cheyenne. I didn't get to ride him at the finals, but he was, he definitely shined in the longer setups and I rode him at some of the other jackpots that week. That's awesome. So you've accomplished so much already in your young career. Um, you know, the American in the junior high ranks, um, in the high school rodeo circuit, uh, just to name a few, the list really goes on. So I'm not going to list all of your accomplishments because I know I would forget something really important. Um, but how did those different stepping stones prepare you to become a world champion? You know, like stepping stones are very important. It's, it's important to, it doesn't matter how badass you are when you are a kid, you need to take all those stepping stones. You need to go to the youth rodeos, you know, the 12 and unders, the 14 and unders, and then you have to go to junior high, high school, college, amateur rodeos, and so on. It just, because each of them have a lesson to teach you and each of them, you're going to make mistakes. And there it gives you enough confidence that you can make the mistake and fix your mistake and then win. And then you can move on. And that's kind of how we learn. That's how everybody learns is through mistakes and stuff like that. So I think all all of those associations will teach you something and they all give you the confidence. I mean, just like this was basically my first, the first year that I tried to make the finals. And I, when I didn't win, you know, or I had doubts, I could stop and be like, wait a minute, I won this, I won this jackpot a year ago on this day. Like I'm obviously I can win. Obviously I, I got this. I just need to keep going with it. I still just need to do my job like always. And so it gives you, it gives you confidence in yourself and, and you can, you look back and, think okay yeah I did that okay why are you doubting yourself now yeah so those those rodeos are obviously a key part of preparation but a lot of preparation goes on at home um, when you're in the thick of preparing for a goal um, or have something in your sights what does that preparation process look like for you lots and lots of hours <laughs> it's uh <laughs> no shortcuts <laughs> no shortcuts there is absolutely no shortcut to to success that you have to be in the thick of it and you have to put in the work and it's not it it all the hard work that you put in is going to be it's going to feel like there's going to be no reward nobody's going to pat you on the back and say it's okay I mean nobody's going to do that you have to do it yourself pick yourself up and so like when I was preparing for the NFR I was in Buffalo South Dakota and we have an indoor barn but it was kind of cold not as cold as it is now but it was kind of cold and and you didn't really, there's lots of days that I didn't want to rope because it was cold and miserable and I had other things to do, but that was the priority. And so that's what we did. Um, and I'm incredibly thankful to my family that lets me do that. And they're like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just take care of everything else after dark. It's fine. We'll get you practice first, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's, it's stuff like that. You know, like I, I kind of had a game plan on how I wanted to prepare for the finals. I knew that it was going to be 10 rounds. And so we would practice a lot on 
you know, I would run five on each horse, just bang, 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 kind of like how the finals were going to be. And then we might take a break, get on a different horse and work on some things and then get back on that horse and run another five, you know, kind of preparing like this is the first day, this is the second day. Um, not what, not having been to the finals before, I didn't really know what to expect, but on the same side, I didn't really think that that was going to be a disadvantage to me. I kind of thought that there's lots of people that's their first time. This is only the second ever finals. There's like four other people that have been there before. It's, you know, everybody's going to be kind of in the same boat and it's a completely new arena. Nobody's ever been in that arena before. So I just kind of kept a level head and try not to overestimate it and just do my deal. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's a lot of work and, and everyone will speak to that of all the work that it takes behind the scenes and before you get to that point. But I'd be curious to know if there was, you know, a particular practice or a moment um, when things got especially tough or maybe like a realization um, where you just kind of had to lock in and dig a little bit deeper. You know, I honestly, I took, I didn't rodeo in October. I wanted to stay home and practice after, after a long year of rodeoing, I didn't really get to practice a lot this summer. And so I wanted to take some time and just practice, work on some young ones, trying to get my head back into the frame of practicing. And then I went to back to Texas and jackpotted for a couple of weeks and I did not win anything. I mean, I won probably enough to pay for my fuel down there and back. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> and I, and I, and I got home and I realized like, okay, the next rodeo that I'm going to is the national finals breakaway roping where I have a chance to win the world. And I was very stressed. Like I, I was not a, I was not a happy camper there for a minute because I expected myself to be the very best I had ever been. I expected myself to rope better than I ever had before in my entire life tomorrow. And that's not going to happen. And so. I wanted, you know, I would throw, I, I would, I would top knot one in the practice pen and I would just completely lose it because that was unacceptable. I could not do that. And then it kind of went on for like a week on all the practice horses that we rode. We, I've got like six practice horses and then my good ones. And so we were run, you know, 200 calves a week trying to get practice for the NFR. And every time that something didn't go good, I would get very stressed and, and kind of fall off the path of where I need to be. And finally, dad told me he's, he's kind of my mentor. And he was like, you just ran like 250 calves. It's Wednesday, (laughs) you know, this week, (laughs) (laughs) obviously you're not going to catch them all. Okay. There's like the calves are, they're not perfect. They're, I mean, there's, there's a practice pen of calves. They're not, they're not all good. You're riding lots of different styles of horses. You're not going to catch them all. You got to accept that. And if you keep doing this, you're not going to rope good at the finals because you're putting so much pressure on yourself right now. And after that, it kind of, I kind of took a step back and was like, you know what? It's fine. Like it's, I, it's going to be hard, but I can still do it. If I just stay on the path and don't put too much pressure on each individual calf. And after that, it really turned around and it really it really felt sharp to me. Everything that I wanted, I had like little details that I really wanted to fix before we left. And it didn't really feel sharp to me until like the last practice. And like the last practice that we went before we turned the calves out, it finally felt like now I can go to Vegas and I know I can win now because everything I wanted to fix, I fixed. 
Oh my gosh. I just got chills. You telling me that story. That, <laughs> that is, that is really, really neat. Um, so you talked about your dad a little bit. Um, and if I had to guess, there's probably a whole host of people behind the scenes, you know, offering you help and encouragement, but who have some of those influential people been and what have they done or taught you to help you become, um, a better roper, but also, you know, a, a better person and competitor. You know, my dad was probably, probably the center of that. He, he taught me almost everything I know about rope and he was the one who got me started on it. Uh, we're, we're best friends, you know, and, uh, he, he's definitely been the reason that I've achieved most of the things that I have. You know, my mom's a big part of that too. She's a PA and a physician's assistant and she loves, she loves the roping aspect, but she's really, she's more in the, you know, the nutrition and the workout side of it. She helps me in like some of the business side of it. That's where she shines in her strengths. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't do it obviously without my brother because he's the one who saved my butt this summer with his horse, but you know, we're, <laughs> they come in handy sometimes brothers <laughs> do every in, once in a yeah, while they are in their keep. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're awesome that way, but he's, He's, I mean, we tease each other and call us, I mean, tell ourselves evil things about each other, but it's, he's always, he, he's always on my side and he's always on my team and he's helped me a lot. You know, just some of the, he thinks completely different than I do. And so some of the, when I, when I throw a fit about something, he like brings a completely different perspective to it. And then sometimes it really helps. Um, you know, like my grandparents, they're always home taking care of the ranch when the whole family goes somewhere and watches me. So without, without my family, I couldn't do this. That's awesome. So your mom being a PA, um, you talked about her helping you with fitness and nutrition. Um, I don't think a, a lot of people truly realize how, um, physically demanding, uh, you know, rodeo is and, and being a rodeo athlete talk about fitness and nutrition and that's importance, not only for you, but also for your horses. Well, I think, you know, especially for me, the thing that everybody kind of forgets is that we're professional athletes. And so even though that we never get off of a horse, like the calf ropers or, or never get on a steer, like a steer wrestler, we're still out there 365 days a year, trying to get better, working extremely, extremely physical activities, doing extremely physical things. And so it's going to take a wear and tear on your body. And so trying to eat right and stay in shape work out, build muscle, stay flexible are all things that are going to help you stay in this game longer and be in the top 1% longer. And so it's things like that. I try not to overlook, you know, the finer details is where we're going to win money, you know, and, and things like that is always looking for the 1% better, always trying to just get a little bit better each and every day. And that's hard to do when you're, you know, great because how, I mean, it's hard to get the better you get, the harder it is to be great. So and stuff like that. My mom really comes in handy for stuff like that. Cause she, she looks at it from a medical side and a professional side of that and, and can help me, you know, look for that. But like, especially for the horses, if a horse they're so they're tough animals, but on the same side, if, if they're fat and they're out of shape and they're soft, they hit themselves, they're liable to tear something. And now you've got a large expensive problem that you're hauling around that cannot do its job anymore. So trying to keep them, you know, in the 1% again and keep them in the best shape of their lives and keep them going is just going to help them stay longer and better. Certainly. Uh, so you're making waves in a sport that's really just honestly gaining popularity by the minute. It kind of seems like, 
Um, <laughs> what is it like to be beginning your professional career when Breakaway is is just kind of really coming to its own on a much larger stage? You know, I think I think it's coming. You know, breakaway roping is coming along. It's going to get better. It's going to get bigger. Some of it, it's just going to need time. And some of it, the, the breakaway ropers themselves are going to have to push. And they're going to have to show that it is a professional sport, that we can be professionals about it, that we can be like the steer wrestlers behind the boxes all cheering for each other. Stuff like that, it's, you know, some of it we have, we're going to have to find more money to, to do the things that we're going to want to do. But on the same side, it's, it grown, it's grown leaps and bounds from it where it was last year. You know, I think uh, there was like 70 rodeos last year that had it. And I think there was like a hundred or something that had it this year. I mean, it's, it's growing on its own and it's, it's very popular. Everybody that I've ever talked to about rodeo, rodeo, it is like, you know, we love the breakaway rope and so fast, so quick, you know, it's awesome to watch. It's not, it doesn't take forever. It, it's fast paced. Everybody's for each other. And stuff like that, I think, is really helping us. Yeah. The breakaway is really fast, and there's really not a lot of room for error, you know, with, with people clocking times under two seconds. Uh, what what role do you think that horsemanship plays in the breakaway, and how do you think that growing up on a ranch has, has helped you in that aspect of competition? More than I could ever say. I mean, I look back, I, I, look, I go to Texas and I look at some of the girls that didn't get to grow up on a ranch and didn't get to spend hours upon hours out in the pasture riding a horse. And some of the things that they have to do to keep their riding that I've never even thought about because it's been just so natural to me. I'm so blessed that I get to get to be on a ranch and I get to come home to it because it's kind of, when I'm home on the ranch, it's kind of like a reset button for me. I don't have to worry about some of the stresses that I have to worry about like when I'm in Texas or some of the things life's just a little bit easier on the ranch. Um, and it's a little, it's a little funner too. <laughs> yeah. They may, they but, may have screen printed that on a t-shirt somewhere. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. I might, I might have the t-shirt. Oh gosh. Um, <laughs> but I think that just things like that, sometimes I probably overlook that some of the, some people have to do in their writing ability is a big key factor of how I can be so successful because one, one, I'm pretty strong. And I think I've got that from the ranch too. From a young age, I was lifting things, trying to, you know, feeding horses, salt bags, mineral, you know, stuff like that. That's heavy. But then riding, you just, it's just natural. I've done it for so long since I was like four that everything's just natural to me. It's like riding a bicycle. And so things like that, I think I probably overlook, but I'm incredibly grateful to have them. And it's, it's truly a blessing. So a lot of people are, are kind of wanting to dip their toe in breakaway roping now that, you know, there's more opportunities and more rodeos, even, even I think it's growing at the amateur level too. Um, what would be the best advice that you could give someone who's maybe wanting to, to try it out for the first time or, or maybe, you know, make that leap into something new? Commit. Just if you want to do it, then go and do it. It's going to take a lot of hard work and nobody's going to give you praise for it. But then when you do win, it's going to be worth it. And there's going to be lots of long nights that you think like, why am I out here? Like I am, I'm losing money. I'm not, I'm tired. I'm sore. I don't want to do this. It'd be so much easier if I was home. But when you get to the rodeo and then you get your head in the mind frame that it needs to be and you win, it's so, it's so much fun that it's the moments that you live for. That's awesome. 
So um, beyond your family, I'd be curious to know if you have any idols or mentors in the sport of rodeo that you've looked up to, you know, since you were little or maybe that you've just started really closely following um, as you've gotten older. But I'd be curious to know uh, who you who you like to follow or, or listen to. You know, like there's. This is a very weird and it might be the wrong thing to say, but I never had a hero like my hero was always myself. 20 years from now and that was always I always thought that that was weird because like I remember like when I was in like elementary school we had to write a paper on who was our hero and I and I legit wrote it about me when I was 21 and there's lots of people like oh you're just you're too selfish like you need to get off your high horse but I really don't think that that's me being selfish I think that's just me be me owning my own skill and living up to it but on the same side of that, like some of the greats have given me a lot of advice about, you know, horsemanship or how to take care of business, sponsorship, feels like that. Like, you know, Jackie Crawford, Larry D. Guy, J.J. Hampton, those people that are always willing to help the girls coming behind them, the ones that are going to continue on after they're done, continue making this sport great. And they're, they're all, they're great people. They're great friends. They're great allies to have. They can make things happen. Um, I, there, I mean, me and JJ, we have a saying, so it's probably, we probably can't say it on here because we're both kind of cuss like sailors, but (laughs) we both, (laughs) we both have, we both want each other to do good. We all want each other to do good. And, and I think Jackie Crawford was the first one to tell me congratulations after I rode out of the arena, after I won the finals and, and the day before, after the first day, before the second day started, Larry D was in the arena with me trying to calm down my mare because she had reared out the day before. She was kind of giving me some point, points and tips about how to keep her calm down. And so we're all for each other. And that's a kind of a great community to be in that everybody, everybody's kind of their friend and everybody wants you to do good. Awesome. So as we kind of wrap things up today, um, obviously you have your eyes set on the future and I would love to know if you if you feel comfortable sharing what some goals are you have for 2022 and maybe some some goals you have for the long term as well. You know, I think it's a, it might be my toughest goal that I have for next year coming up is that I want to up my winning percentage. Um, you know, just the things that I let slip this year, you know, like on the on the ones that only add a thousand dollars. I might run through the barrier or I might miss the calf stuff like that. I want to try to make those better because the $1,200 I want from that rodeo might make it, might make it easier later on in the year. And so things like that, I want to try to get a little more dialed in. Um, I really want my next big goals. I'm trying to find, trying to make more horses, trying to get more horses in my arsenal. So I have, so I don't have to wear one horse out to try to make, you know, all these rodeos, I can still go to the same amount of rodeos, but not be so tough on my good horses. I can, I can spread it out a little bit more. Um, obviously I want to still, I want to win Cheyenne and Pendleton again. I want to be a two time, two years in a row there. I also want to win, you know, all the big ones. Um, we're just getting ready to leave for the winter kind of rodeos down there in Texas. And so obviously I want to have a phenomenal phenomenal winner and try to and try to make the finals before really the summer starts it's kind of my biggest goal right at the moment um and then one of my long goals that I haven't got completed in like three years is that I want to win a WCRA segment 
I've come close like four different times, but I haven't ever won it. So that's definitely a thing that I look forward to this year is, is trying to get that checked off my list. We've covered a lot and you have been absolutely killing this. <laughs> it's been awesome. <laughs> um, but is there anything that we haven't talked about um, that, that you want to add or anything like that? You know, I don't, I don't know. I, I could talk forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're pretty good at it. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't know. You know, like I think uh, the, one of the things that I get asked some of the times is, you know, if you could do it over again, what would you change? And I have, I don't have any regrets about any of the things that I did. I could probably go back and say that when I got an argument with this person, I wish I would have said that, but I didn't. And so I'm not going to change it. But on the same side, I don't, I don't have any regrets about my performance inside the arena. I think everything happened for a reason and I'm incredibly grateful of how it ended up. Um, it was this year was by far maybe the funnest year that I've ever had ever just rodeo and being out on the road, you know, meeting the people that I got to meet, staying the places that I got to stay. It was, it was beyond a dream come true, and I, I really hope that I get to do it again. That was 19-year-old Sawyer Gilbert, South Dakota native and 2021 world champion breakaway roper. As a reminder, new episodes of Breaking the Barrier are now available every Tuesday and can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. Breaking the Barrier is produced by the Rural Radio Network.